Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Hunter Gardner. Hunter Gardner, how the hell are you? Man, I'm doing great. Let's enjoy yeah. this time together. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is, is this the only one of the few contacts you've had in your quarantine today or not really? Today, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I, but, you know, it's funny about this time you find yourself like reconnecting with people you hadn't before or making sure you definitely stay in touch with the people you have been. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, a lot of like FaceTime calls, the occasional like, you know, socially distant friend walk. It's all good, man. And then where can people uh, see you do stand? I guess it's not stand up. You do a monthly show called High Nice People, and it's got a variety of it's comedy, but it's also subject matter experts. And you were producing that before the virus hit. Where will that be in the future when New York City opens up? Absolutely. So the main home base for that is Vital Joint in Williamsburg. It's a little walk down space. Um, and that is where I typically put that show up. And the woman who runs it, Teresa, is like a delight to work with. And I would highly recommend checking out any show at Vital Joint. And what, what, like, what are some of the kind of organizing principles that have uh, unified shows in the past? Um, as far as the High Nice People show? Yeah, you kind of pick a topic and then kind of uh, bring in cast members accordingly. Like what would be an example of one High Nice People topic? Yeah, absolutely. So we did one uh, called "How to Relax." That was <laughs> that was really fun. Um, and that could so, be useful. That could be useful now. Are you thinking about doing that remotely? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the reason why I chose that is because I'm bad at it. <laughs> uh, I wanted an excuse to bring in a subject matter expert to tell me how to relax. I love it. Purely self-serving. Yeah, put that <laughs> in, on the expense account. I didn't need that at all, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was a fun one. We did another one all about like money and like money issues. Um, so I advertise it as like a feel-good show for adults. So I want it to be fun, and it's a comedy show, but also like we can kind of uh, poke fun at more adult topics. But yeah, some of those, I mean, even the money thing sounds perfect post-corona. So, um, yeah, like <laughs> where, where, yeah, where are you kind of keeping that? I mean, it, it sounds like you also write kind of comedic monologues that you then film, like, you know, whether or not it's you actually doing the monologue, but also then you're in all the the funny papers. You're in, you know, was it Points and Case, McSweeney's, and let me check out, I'm, I follow you on Hunter Gardner, which is less... It's Hanna Gardner, but I, I will say that you could probably find it more easily with huntergardner.com. But it looks like you are McSweeney's Points in Case, a uh, little, little old lady. But also, what is this? Is Robot Bud? Is that also like the other ones I just mentioned? <laughs> yeah, that's another humor website. Uh, I think it's it's run by a guy out of Ohio, but a great, okay. a great spot. Yeah, and each one of those sites uh, kind of have a slightly different voice or like deal or what they go for. Um, and so sometimes yeah. even going to open mics, you were only doing it to kind of test drive the material to make sure, you know, it, it's pretty uh, streamlined going into written work. Yeah, a lot of times, because I, I wouldn't really describe myself as a straight stand up. Like, yeah, I do these humor pieces or characters or sketches. And uh, I mean, I love stand up. It was like my my first love. So kind of like once a smoker, always a smoker. Um, and I, I still think in terms of like stand up jokes all the time. Right. But a lot of times if I'm going to a stand up mic, it's usually yeah, at a workshop. Something that's a little bit more like an idea that might end up in a humor piece. 
or it might end up on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So recently, um, I'm trying to find ways just to work on fewer things, but make uh, much of them or as much of them as I can. And so with these humor pieces, I was like, cool, that's fun. It's always flattering to get published. But then how can I take that further? And uh, when I was looking at them, I was like, oh, these are just written like character monologues. So why don't I essentially cast them and then we'll shoot them as like a little series. So we shot three of those, uh, you know, before all the COVID stuff went down and they're in post-production now. And when it kind of feels appropriate, they'll be released out into the world at some point, probably kind of dripped out, you know, like maybe one every week or two. And will it be embedded on your site? Like if it's a YouTube video or at the very least, they'll find it via your social. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll put it on my website and, 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 you know, the, the usual social splash. And then, yeah, some of the stuff, I love the topics that you propose. Some of them are just, I love them, but I got to know what they are. First of all, what the hell is a to go drink walk? I think I've done something like that where, you know, I was going to hang out with some, uh, and I guess it's not really correct, but I, I was going to hang out with a family at a Dittmar's restaurant that's since closed down. And real quick, I just pulled out a huge jug of Canadian whiskey, took about three huge shots, put it back in my backpack, and I was ready to go. I mean, it was so I – mean, if, it, if it wasn't Dit Dittmar's, I could have been locked up. You know, if there was a stronger police presence looking out for us white people, I could have been, I could have been locked up. But what the hell is it to go drink walk? Do you drink and then walk, or are you also putting something in a paper bag? Listen, they're both good. Um, I would say it's uh, it's more like quarantine specific, right? Where okay. you know these bars are doing a lot of like to go, like margaritas and and things like that, and um, they're great fun to me because it does feel like you're doing something a little naughty. You know, you're kind of like walking around with a drink. Um, are you and, allowed to do that? I mean, are they really? Are they, I know they want you to take the drink to go, but are they really encouraging you to drink it in public on the way home? Is it that's, packaged that's, like that's that? part of the fun. I mean, yeah, it's like, it'll be like in little plastic cups, right? Like it's just begging for it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I mean, there's like a socially responsible way to do that, but you know, I have enjoyed that, like going on a walk with a, a couple of friends and like getting just to go margaritas and just one, you know, a sensible one drink and uh, just sipping on that while you walk around the block, you know, it's a nice little festive thing to do in strange times. I love that. It's like the off-brand usages. It's like oh, that hydro hydroxychloroquine or whatever. It's not really for coronavirus, but hey, man, people are using you know Viagra for other things, or they're using you know aspirin for heart attacks. Like off, it's like the bar knows. Like the margarita is going to get you know the ice drink that you ordered is going to get warm, so you're probably going to drink it on the way home, and that's why they're putting it in, you know, kind of uh, discreet packaging. It's the wild west out there right now, dude. <laughs> I can't, I can't even believe some of these people are outside, man. The crowds around the bars are still pretty crazy. And it one other thing that I loved is the you have it says one one real girlfriend who doesn't really count. What what can you say about that? Because I have similar bizarro issues with that. Yeah, um, exactly what it sounds like. I've only had one girlfriend my whole life, and it does and she doesn't even really count. It was uh, <laughs> someone I dated my junior year of high school for like two months, and I think we kissed twice um what does yeah. that mean what does that mean like you haven't dated since or or no, you don't or no. it's more casual you're more casual now or i've like yeah. dated i've like dated like plenty of people and stuff but like just have not been in like a you're uh, my girlfriend uh, situation like it hasn't been exclusive since then like tinder or grinder or whatever are too successful for you <laughs> um that's uh flattering for you to say um 
no but that, I mean, is that pretty much the case where it just hasn't gone exclusive like you really enjoy you know dating a lot of people so you never really found the one to settle down with if i'm honest it's it's more like um i have dated people but like just never crossed that threshold and if i I'm, if I'm completely honest, I think it's because uh, I just present so much as like a nice guy who's just happy to be here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're in the early stages of dating someone, that's not always what you're looking for. You you're know, looking like what's my... it? Do you want some gamesmanship to increase your value? And <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's just like my love languages are like quality time and words of affirmation. And it's like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and so like, I'll, I'll date someone for like, a, a, a little while, you know, or like off and on or whatever. But it's like, it, it took me until I was like, 28 years old to be like, Oh, I don't think people just want you to be nice to them. I think they want you to like, make a move. <laughs> oh, so I mean, is it the is it at the expense of making moves? Because I have that problem too. Like I haven't dated in decades. And part of the reason why is because like I'm pretty hypersensitive to rejection. And so like, yeah. I don't ask, like I've never had to ask girls out because back in the day when I was dating, you know, you, it was so long ago that people just found a way to, you know, their friends asked me out or some shit, you know, yeah. like I passed her a note, you know, like, you know, I peaked when I was about 18 and it's been, you know, nothing really since. And I think that it's, it's kind of hypersensitive, to, hypersensitive to rejection. So, I mean, you say that you don't make a move. So like these nice words of, of affirmation and things they come predate almost to the point where you don't ask them out no like i mean i'll ask people out and like we'll go out i think it's just uh i think <laughs> just like my fatal flaw is just like a, being a nice guy to a fault so like i think there's just plenty of people i've dated where they're just like you're great um but i need someone like to fight with everyone. Oh my in a while. lord! <laughs> my <laughs> lord! What the fuck is that? That's wrong, right? Like, I mean, that, well, there's something evil about that, isn't there? Is there something that, what sadist I, or masochistic about that? I don't know. I don't blame them at all. Like I, I, you know, it's hard to make a subject like that funny, but I've certainly tried. Um, but and... as a as a funny person, though, you think that your funny instinct would manifest itself in certain light ribbing? I would think. Like meaning, yeah. like, you know, you know, giving them shit a little bit just in service of the fucking joke. Like, do you actually, t you know, are you such kind of a sap? And, and you know, you, I'm just kind of like playing along if as if okay. that's I have the, thick skin. Yeah, <laughs> if if you are, um, are are you so sappy that your comedy brain gets turned off the minute you get into kind of a pre relationship? Uh, great question. Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> mm. so all you got to do is, is make sure you make sure make sure you turn back on your comedy brain and then it should be fine like you won't have to play evil games you just have right. to tell all the occasional joke or, or or write a piece that's thinly veiled at their expense and, and show it to them <laughs> like, like what i got at mcsweeney's this is actually yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah. Me, yeah. oh yeah that no that would be sadistic um yeah dude i mean i, I like i i truly I don't know what my diagnosis is. <laughs> wow, I love that. So you, but you like, I like, I like myself, you know, yeah, like, oh, sure. I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am, but like, yeah. I guess the way that I've joked about it on stage is like, um, I'm nice. And I realize that is not a likable quality. Wow. 
it's not like have you i mean this is like like ripping what i say on stage but it's like have you ever met someone who's just nice to you for no reason it's exhausting It's exhausting. i don't want this person in my life I, I, yeah, if, these, <laughs> yeah. if these people don't like themselves like if, if everybody is fairly insecure then somebody else treating them fairly kindly is a little bizarre because they don't feel that worthy of your kindness yeah, maybe. I mean, again, like, I hate to, like, reflect the blame on anyone but myself, you know, but like, we all have our stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's one of the things about uh, dating is like, both, you have to meet in the middle and like, both people bring their history to it. And so it's just like, there's just going to be a price of admission, you know, like there's going to be something that's like this person's a little messed up in this way. And that person's a little messed up in this way. And I think the way that maybe I'm a little messed up is like, I, it's, I mean, I like, I hate to be vulgar, but like, it's just like to put it in plain terms, it's like people want someone who like, is gonna fuck them (laughs) (laughs) and you can't fuck them if you're gonna be kind and gentle all the time well i won't get explicit and into that but like certainly the way i present myself is not a fuck as a fuck person (laughs) Uh, hunter gardner is not a fuck boy i suppose no i really hope i'm not anyway and I, and I think that, like, one of the things we're going to talk about is the fact that you first kind of fell in love by seeing a stand-up on Oprah Winfrey, I think. But one one thing that Oprah always says that I love is uh, her and Dr. Phil, you know, had a little moment there where everybody was watching the show and it was very wise. And one of the things that I liked was, you know, what's the what's the payoff? So even to certain victims, they're like, okay, well, what's the payoff in continuing to present yourself as a victim? Is it because other people feel sorry for you, et cetera? Or, or what's the payoff? Um, yeah, so for me, there's a payoff in uh, you know, having fear of rejection, intimacy, intimacy issues, because then I can kind of uh, indulge my introversion or my hobbies or my ambitious pursuits. Um, and, and so in the same way, is there a payoff to you for driving people away with your kindness like do you enjoy being alone because it allows you it affords you the opportunity to you know have all these comedy pursuits oh that's interesting i don't know i mean what that makes me think of is um that kind of like subtle like uh that uh almost kind of like manipulation of you know when i really think about like where my niceness comes from if if i'm honest it might come from a place of like growing up as a kid i knew if i could make someone feel bad for me i could get what i want and so i don't know like i'd like to think my niceness doesn't come from there but it's like oh if this person is just like so nice and like an innocent type then yeah. like we will then like i will feel bad for that then I know that like they would feel bad for me and then I could get from them what I want. I really hope that's not the case. But it's not work. <laughs> it's not actually not. I mean, you're realizing though that it's not working because yeah, they might pity you, but they will pity you to the point where it's not like they're going to continue the relationship. They're just going to see you as a less attractive partner. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No one's, I, I feel so bad for this guy. I must date him. Uh, <laughs> said by no one ever i mean i suppose back in the day it could have worked and that's maybe where it came from you know like back in the day it was working like gangbusters and so um but you know is, is there a payoff i mean do, do you enjoy i mean i and i guess you're going on enough dates where it's not you know harming your harming your life but do you enjoy having solitary time that's not taken up with you know the whole working at a relationship 
Yeah, I, I think like there. I mean, that is a trade-off, right? And right. Uh, it's it's like um, like I guess a somewhat bizarre benefit of being a single person. Um, but like, listen, I want to be with someone. I've like I've haven't talked about this on stage, but like I I really want to be a dad. Okay. Um, again, not a cool thing to say, but like almost in a comedic way, like in the way that, um, <laughs> like women would be portrayed in like old timey, like movies and books where it's like, my mission is just to be a mother. It's like, that is kind of how I feel about being a dad. Like wow. I want to be a dad so bad. There, there, um, there's actually, I've, I've known two guys that, that kind of gave off the same vibe as you like they were super nice and they both got divorced to the point where they were trying to like cry on my shoulder they were like oh you know divorce blah 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 and i asked one of them i was like okay well why don't you just pursue your hobbies blah 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 i was like name your hobbies he had zero mm -hmm. and sure enough in both cases they both were married immediately after I would have or I did waste my time letting them cry on my shoulder. And so if you're a super nice guy who just wants to be a dad, I really think that it's going to fucking happen. And it sounds like if you're talking about it at all on stage, and maybe you should, you know, you know, as far as the dad thing, if you, I mean, it sounds like you haven't talked about the dad thing as much on, I mean, certain, certain people are going to be like, hell yeah. I mean, you're drawing the right, <laughs> well, meaning you're drawing the right people to you. If you're like yeah. oh, a super nice guy who wants a kid, you know, like, I would almost think you're drawing the right people to you. Uh, yeah, maybe. That's a nice thing for you to say. I appreciate that. And I'm not going to counter it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I mean, now that, like, whenever I get anybody who says that they want to have kids, of course, my pet issue um, is, is it selfish to have kids? For example, mm. you know, like, if you have a, you have a hunter gardener yourself, you have a hunter gardener junior, and he's going to grow up and he's going to have to work or die every day of his life. Like, meaning you're going to take care of him the first 16, 18 years of his, his life. And then he's going to go out into the big bad world and he's going to work or starve. And of course, you know, he, he might have the same issues you have with, you know, being overly kind to the point he doesn't get into a relationship he wants to get into. And it, that's all because Hunter Gardner Sr. made the decision without his consent to bring him into this world. What's your yeah. take on what's your take on my bizarre pet issue? No, I, I mean, I, I understand that. Um, yeah, like, is it selfish to have children? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, dude, I buy that logic. Uh, you know what? I think it will deal. I mean, listen, like, first, I need to fall in love with someone and, like, get married. I mean, you can have a kid with someone obviously outside of marriage. But, like, so I would see it as, like, an extension of who, of, like, the relationship with the person I'm in love with. I feel like I'm still skirting your question maybe you've just changed my mind i oh, know um, but yeah, yeah i don't mean to change people's mind but if you know if you do get into a relationship with somebody else who um was going to have a kid anyway you know you're like well right. i'm not really um i'm kind of you know um i'm having the kid because this other person wants one and they would have had one anyway so it can be rationalized like i can't say that i'll never have a child you know if i, if I have a spouse who's gonna you know was gonna do it anyway you know might as well uh you know, kind of uh, make sure it's a good Brian Cop and senior uh, Brian Cop and Junior. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, my simplest like uh, answer to that right now is like, I have a great relationship with my dad, and yeah. I would like to have that kind of relationship with uh, a son of my own. Oh sure, and I, but, I love the fact. Yeah, I mean, if but you're that's a good... still a selfish thing, like based on what you said. Like, oh, yeah. oh cool, yeah. So you're gonna have a son for you. 
like, <laughs> like, yeah. No. And, yeah. And some people, um, you know, they take it from that. They're like, okay, well, I'm just trying to meet my own needs and it's selfish in that respect. And I'm fine with that because people have needs, but then it's also so, like not many people are talking about the other thing, which is what I, you know, why I'm talking about it because, you know, not many people are being like without this person's consent. And I, you know, and I was always saying in the whole consent, you know, the consent movement, but also like the climate change movement, you think more people would be like revisiting the decision to have kids because you're subject, you know, without their consent, subjecting them to a future of uncertainty with climate change or with coronavirus. Um, but yeah, I, I have a wonderful relationship with my dad. And it's because that it's because of that, because I've had a wonderful upbringing that I feel comfortable saying that kind of thing. Right. Because right. people, it could be so much worse. <laughs> there yeah. could be people who are beaten on the way up or who, you know, born with an addiction or whatever the hell it is. And so that's always why. And of course, I never make my parents feel bad about it because they were wonderful. But that's why I can kind of be like a dude. And I've had it good. You know, just the fact that I have to work or starve, it's fairly easy. It's not too hard. And then some, you know, the best thing I've ever seen is, uh, you know, somebody like, well, what's the alternative? like you know I, I blessed you with life you fucking asshole if you don't like it you can take a header off the fucking you know roof but i'm like dude i also you know <laughs> then we're taught that there's a god and you know you're gonna go to damnation if if you kill yourself and so some of these things are like dude it's you know i have to then live correctly for 60 to 80 years or or be damned to eternal hell if there is such a thing but i love the fact that you've engaged with me on this kind of stuff because uh hunter that just means you're going to be a great writer i can w read all your stuff and little old lady and points and case and mcsweeney's and the it turns out this robot butt thing i already follow them so this is robot butt they have like seven seven thousand seven thousand followers and so you're in all the big publications and they can find out when you're doing all this you know when you're going to release your youtube videos and stuff like that by paying attention to huntergardener.com yeah absolutely okay. um yeah if you search hunter gardener on twitter or instagram i'll pop up but in all fairness my handle is a little difficult <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah fine make sure your website has you know the twitter icon so it's more easily to find hana gardner yeah, it's all there. It's all there, baby. It's all there, baby. Hunter Gardner, thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me, man. This was cool.